Glad you're here again every week. want to encourage you. Bring somebody with you. Think about somebody you can invite to join you uh, every, single, every single week for our Thursday men's lunch. Why don't we tell the ladies thanks for all the, the work they put in this morning. Good job. Very good job. Today we're going to pick up uh, where we were a couple weeks ago. Last week we changed course a little bit for one week. But we're going to pick up today talking about the biblical man in prayer. And we've been talking about how as men we have to be and we really absolutely have to be men who are given to prayer. Men who are committed to prayer. To be all that we're called to be. To do all that we need to, to do. To have the power and the resources and the direction uh, that we need to, do, to have to live as Christ followers, we absolutely have to be men of prayer. Well, in that understanding, we've been going through Jesus' model prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And again, uh, every week I want to make sure you understand that the Bible doesn't say, and Jesus doesn't say, recite this prayer or pray this prayer. This is, this is not a mindless prayer that we repeat, but rather he says, pray in this way. When you pray, Pray in this way. So understand, this is a model for us in prayer. Jesus himself is saying, you know what, uh, this is the right way to pray. This is the model for you to observe and to, to take hold of as a person endeavoring to pray. And so Jesus is instructing us in the model prayer in how to pray. Well, today as we move uh, through this study, we come to really a key part of our Christian life. And, and as I get to the verses today, this is really more than just our prayer life. Uh, you're going to see how vital it is to our prayer life, but really this is a key part to our Christian life. And that is today the subject of forgiveness, the tough subject of forgiveness. Uh, very honestly, I will tell you, I believe of all the subjects, of all the issues that we have uh, of all the things that we must submit to as Christ's people, I truly do believe forgiveness is the hardest. I believe that. Well, uh, today in our, in our study, we're going to see just how big this is in our Christian life, but we're also going to see how vital it is to our prayer life. Um, I'm in Matthew chapter 6, moving through the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, and we come across verse 12, and it says this, And forgive us our debts... As we also have forgiven our debtors. Jesus is praying. He's showing us how to pray. And he says, And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now let me just start off right here and say this. Be very clear. Uh, this is talking to Christians. And that's an important thing for us to understand. This is talking to Christians. If you remember about four or five weeks ago when we started this, uh, we saw the truth that really the only prayer that God hears is the prayer between His people and Himself. The Bible says we call Him Father. We're His child, His, His children by a relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. And so the only prayer that God hears uh, is, is a prayer with His people, those who've put their faith in Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus in the model prayer here is talking to Christians. And so we have to understand up front, this is not a prayer of justification. Now, this is not a prayer for us to be right with God in terms of salvation. Uh, that happens fully and finally when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Which means this, on the day that you understood Jesus 
came as your Savior and He died for your sins and you understand your condition as a sinner and you know what? You said, I received the payment He made for my sin. On the day that you put your faith in Jesus Christ, on that day you were fully, forever declared righteous before a holy God. Now, when we do, the Bible tells us we actually become the righteousness of Jesus. His perfect record covers over our sinful record. So understand right off the bat, this is not a prayer of justification, that we would be set right with God in terms of salvation. This is a prayer of, of the justified, those who, are, who have been saved, who are followers of Jesus Christ. Now see this, understand this as we, as we look at it. As Christians, we sin. As Christians, that's the truth of it. We have great intentions. We, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we sin. Did you know the biblical truth of that is this? As Christians, set in salvation, our sins grieve God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says that as a Christian, when you sin, your sin grieves God. As Christians, our sin hinders our relationship with God. In the context of this prayer, Jesus is saying, Jesus is showing us our sins hinder our communication with God. Now, what that means is this if you have unconfessed sin, your prayers fall flat. If you have unconfessed sin in your life, your prayers are hindered. Sometimes you might wonder and you might think, well, you know, it seems that my prayer life is dead. Seems that, that my prayers, no matter how uh, heartfelt they are, seems that they have no impact. And, and maybe you can say, oh, there was a time when I prayed and it seemed that, that my prayers carried some impact or some effect with God, but it doesn't seem that they're powerful anymore. Well, I want to tell you, maybe the problem is unconfessed sin in your life, undealt with sin in your life. Understand this, for Christians, confession of our sin, repentance sorrow and turning away from those sins, that is not a one-time thing. And there's some that are saying, well, you've got that handled. You go live how you want to live. As Christians, confession and repentance, that's not a one-time thing. That is a continual thing. And then God in His grace, He, he hears and He forgives and He restores. Uh, we know the verse very well, 1 John 1, 9. Uh, that is a verse talking to believers and it says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's what He's telling us here. You know what? As a Christian, this is a continual thing. You confess your sin. You repent of your sin. And then it says this, and forgive us our debt as we have forgiven those who have trespassed against us, as we have forgiven our debtors. And forgive us our debt as we have forgiven our debtors. Uh-oh. When I hear that, that's, 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 a, that's an eye-opening thing. Uh, men, we forgive others and we seek God's forgiveness 
as we have forgiven others. Do you see the connection here? We, we, we forgive others and we seek and receive God's forgiveness as we, as Christians, have forgiven others. Now let me show you how important this is. In the model prayer, this is so important, he comes back to it and he restates it again. Verse 15 says this, but if you do not forgive others, then your father will not forgive your transgressions. Verse 12, he says, you know what? Confession and repentance, that's part of the Christian life. But then he says, we also have to forgive others. And then he restates it in a harsher form in verse 15. But if you do not forgive others, then your father will not forgive your transgressions. And when you first read that, you might say, well, what in the world? It sounds like we have to earn our forgiveness. Here's what I believe that means. And I think this is what it's saying here. If you come and you ask God to forgive you, but because that you haven't forgiven others, because you have an act of sin in your life that you're willing to to hold on to, I think that's saying to us, he can't hear our prayers. I think it's saying here in the context of the model prayer, our communication with God is cut off. Because of our willingness to, to enter into sin and not forgive other people, we are out of fellowship with God. Bible says, you know what? That grieves God. Bible says, you know what? Our communication, Jesus is showing with God, is hindered. And I believe it says it here very plainly. Now, what, what, it, what, it, what it says at a basic level is this. Now, understand this. If you come to pray, and I don't care if your intention is good, if it's bad. I don't care what your motivation is. If you come to pray and you're just doing it out of a routine, or if you're doing it because you need to talk to God and you need to hear from God, and you come to pray and you desire to be right with God, and yet you come and you pray with anger. And you come and you pray with malice deep in your heart. You come and you pray and there's, there's hatred, and that is your heart. And I'm going to tell you, you can come and you can try to justify it and say, you know what, it's bad. It's bad. Of course I've got anger in my heart. It's bad. You can come and you can try to justify and say, well, if God only knew what I was facing, if he only knew the pain and the hurt that this person has inflicted upon me, and I'm going to justify this anger. If you came and said, well, it's just too much. This is too much. I cannot forgive it. If that's how you come and that is your heart, your prayer is worthless. Your prayer is hollow. That's hard. I believe that's what it's saying. Now, I'm going to just tell you this. That scares me. That absolutely scares me. I'm going to be very real with you today. I am built to hold grudges. I am built to get even. I am built to hold on to stuff, and I've got a crazy mind. And and at night when I'm laying there, it starts building my list back up. That's how I'm built. And and I'll just tell you this, even when I say that I forgive, and maybe at some point I have forgiven, I still go back to unforgiveness. I'm telling you the truth. That's me. God says, Jesus says, Toby, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. Your relationship with me is hindered. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I don't want to end it right there. Here is the good news. I read that and that scares me to death. My lands, how many prayers has even heard of mine? I'm built to pay somebody back. I, I, I can tell you I forgave and sometimes I leave and then I come back and I'm right there at the same place again. Here's the good news. We're not going to leave it right there. If you're here today and you have issues with forgiveness, here's the good news today. First is this. We have 
the example of Jesus. The Bible tells us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. The Bible says look at Jesus. He's our example. The Bible says imitate Jesus. We have the example of Jesus. The Bible says he came into his own and his own received him not. The Bible said he never sinned, but for our sin, he is beaten and he's mocked and he's whipped. And and the book of Isaiah says, like a sheep before his shears go, not a word, not a word did he ever say. Not a word of hate, not a word of anger, not a word of revenge. As he's beaten for the sins he never committed, not a word does he say. They take him to the cross of Calvary. And they stretch him out there on that cross and he's naked and he's embarrassed and he's been spat upon by the mouth that he created. And they nail him to the cross and his his, his wind's running out and his blood's running out. And he says this, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I'm going to tell you this, if you've got an issue with forgiveness, your best answer is to look to Jesus. Look at his example. Follow his example. That's the first thing. You've got an issue with forgiveness, Look to Jesus. Second thing, we have the example of Jesus. Second thing, we have the empowerment of God. We have the empowerment of God. Now, this is the best news I can tell you today, and I I truly do believe it. We're supposed to forgive, but I want to tell you this. God empowers it because it's really not in us. It's really not in us. But He inside of us, the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of us, He leads forgiveness. He empowers forgiveness. He gives forgiveness. He grants forgiveness. And and the heart that's changed, the Bible says we have a a heart of stone. And maybe you're here today and you know what? I'm so mad and I'm so angry and this is is too big. And you've come here with with a heart of stone. The Bible says God will change your heart and give you a heart of flesh. And So maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I'm past being able to forgive. It's not going to come on you anyway. It's God's power inside of you and so maybe you just need to come and ask God help me forgive help me forgive trust God that he's going to help you forgive seek his empowerment in forgiveness let me tell you this he will give it that's my only hope that's my only hope God will never hear another prayer that I utter because of my foul heart unless he gives me the empowerment the enablement to forgive. So we have the example of Jesus. We have the empowerment of God. And then here's here's great news as well. We have the forgiveness of God. Now what that means is this. The Bible says we forgive as we've been forgiven. What that really means is this. When we fail, when we get off track, when we mess up, when we find ourselves right back where we were when we started, God in His grace forgives us. That's a tremendous thing. You know what? God in His grace doesn't write me off, doesn't kick us out, doesn't say, that's too far, you've crossed too big of a line. He forgives us. So we look to Jesus. We follow His example. We have the empowerment of God inside of us, and we also have the forgiveness of God. As Christians, may our calling card be forgiveness. May our walk be marked by forgiveness. And may he not have to close his ear because we've separated ourselves in sin, not forgiving. May we be a people of forgiveness. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dearly Father, we come. We're thankful for you. 
We're thankful that you didn't sugarcoat it. You didn't let us go around and make excuses. You didn't let us hold on to things we'd like to hold on to. You tell us, you know what, if you're going to talk to me, if you're going to communicate with me, if you're going to be in fellowship with me, you're going to forgive because I forgave you. And that's the circle we're going to be on. I'm thankful for that, but I'm also thankful that you didn't grind us up with that. You didn't chew us up with a standard we couldn't hold. You walked the example. You lived the example. You died giving the example. I'm thankful that we have the example of Christ. I'm also thankful that you didn't call us to do something that we were going to strain and strive and never be able to complete, but you give us the Holy Spirit of God inside of us to give us the power to forgive. I pray that you give it to us and you give it to me in this hour and in the next hour and tomorrow morning that you empower forgiveness. And then I pray that we have hope because you have grace. And where we do get off track, you quickly, as we confess, Forgive us. I am thankful for this. Thankful that you teach us and train us. Pray for men here today that we would be agents of your grace. That we would receive forgiveness through Christ. But we would extend forgiveness through Christ. Help us to live it. We love you. We thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.